Here's a thought. A best-selling author and clinical psychologist, Jessamy Hibbard, offers this thought. What if you're wrong? And you're not an imposter. Hi there, and welcome to Here's a Thought, the blogcast for people who overthink. I'm Jan M. Flynn, your host and fellow ruminator, and I know that sometimes all that roof chatter in your skull can be exhausting. So once a week, I offer you a brief break from those voices in your head by listening to the ones in mine. Now, recently, I talked about my current internal struggle. I described my decision to disrupt the negative thought spirals I've been getting caught in. Don't worry, I'm not going to overshare those. By recruiting professional help. And here's the ironic thing. The moment I took action, I started feeling better. So this is going to be easy, right? Well, maybe you've had something like this happen. You have a stubborn ache in your knee or your neck or wherever, and you put up with it for months until you realize that not only is it not going away on its own, but it's getting worse. Also, it's making you grumpy and reluctant to do things you otherwise enjoy. Finally, you schedule a visit to a doctor. On the morning of your appointment, you notice that your knee or neck or whatever doesn't hurt quite so much. Well, maybe it's not such a big deal after all. Maybe you're just making a thing out of it. Maybe you're wasting time and money over nothing. Maybe you should just cancel the appointment. But maybe you're lucky enough, like me, to have a wise spouse who is onto you and who points out that maybe the reduction in your pain is your body's relief that you're finally doing something about it. So maybe you should follow through with that instead of assuming that your knee, neck, self isn't sufficiently worthy of expert attention. If so, and if you listen to your wise spouse, you've just dodged one of the more subtle and insidious faces of imposter syndrome. Odds are, you've experienced imposter syndrome too. If you have, then you're familiar with its weird stew of perfectionism, insecurity, and self-judgment. Now, imposter syndrome is not an actual disorder. It's not listed in the DSM. That's the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, which is the vast, periodically updated and at times passionately debated reference manual produced by the American Psychiatric Association. No, imposter syndrome is more like a bad mental habit. But it's serious enough that it has been studied starting in the late 1970s. It's responsible for a lot of emotional distress and even careers that have been curtailed when otherwise high achievers talk themselves out of pursuing opportunities. If you've ever experienced imposter syndrome, you're likely to be a high achiever with an unfortunate tendency to play an underhanded trick on yourself. You'll set a lofty goal and work like a demon to meet it. But once you do, you convince yourself that your achievement is due to luck or having somehow fooled the boss, the dean, or the director into thinking your work, or more to the point, you, are worthy. It's a kind of anti-entitlement, a sense that your accomplishments can't really be the result of all that hard work and preparation you've put in, and the relief you get from external affirmation by getting the promotion or the award or the publishing contract is fleeting, and it quickly morphs back into anxiety. You can't be that good. It's only a matter of time before somebody finds out what a fraud you are and kicks you to the curb. 
We're sure you pulled that one off, but what about the next project or performance? Your only hope is to meet the next hurdle flawlessly with no room for error. But what if you can't do whatever it is perfectly, or even at all? Then everybody will know what a fake you are. Sound familiar? If you wander through Wikipedia looking for the goods on imposter syndrome, you'll find this unsurprising tidbit. When imposter syndrome was first conceptualized, it was viewed as a phenomenon that was common among high-achieving women. Now, with brilliant timing, a friend of mine recently sent me a greeting card from Emily McDowell Studio, which is my new favorite card creator. The card has a drawing of a woman's head, and above her head is the lead-in, The Inner Monologue of Smart, Strong Women Everywhere. Inside the woman's hair appear her thoughts in large, shouting text. I am a talentless garbage person and everyone is going to find out. And below her worried face are three encouraging words. You got this. You see why I love it. There's a lot of us weathered warrior women out there and we might look tough. But in a nation that still hasn't managed to pass the Equal Rights Amendment, all those messages we've absorbed through our pores from birth onward that we're neither smart enough nor strong enough take a toll. But Imposter syndrome is not just a thing with women. More recent research shows that imposter syndrome is pretty evenly distributed across genders and that up to 70% of people experience it at some point in their lives. So whatever gender you align with, there's a better than 50-50 chance that you and I have spent some time in the same club, which I call the Brotherhood of Generally Unqualified Shysters, or BOGUS, whose motto is don't tell anyone you belong. Because as Groucho Marx famously said, we wouldn't want to be in any club that would have us as members. The problem with imposter syndrome is its wonky circular reasoning, its repeating loops of negative self-talk that ignore all the abundant evidence that you actually do deserve a seat at the table. Maybe it's just your brain clumsily trying to protect you from the sting of failure by scaring you into not even trying. If you let it, the imposter cycle can ground your dreams before they even launch. It might help to know that there are some very illustrious names on the bogus roster, folks who by their own admission struggle with the sense that they don't belong at the conference or the award show or teaching the master class, including Maya Angelou, Neil Gaiman, Tom Hanks, Michelle Obama, Michelle Pfeiffer, Sonia Sotomayor, Emma Watson, David Tennant, and the list goes on. Or maybe that doesn't help. Maybe you hear those names and think, yikes, I'm not even good enough to be an imposter. See how the syndrome works? According to Dr. Valerie Young, who is a co-founder of the Imposter Syndrome Institute, and yes, that's a thing, and there's a link to its site in the episode notes, people in STEM fields medicine, or creative arts may be particularly susceptible to it. These fields are all high stakes and have either a high rate of change or an unpredictable one, especially for the creatives. Trying to get on top of that and then keep up is a hopeless, Sisyphean task, yet somehow we think we're supposed to do it anyway. Imposter syndrome is a stubborn critter, but like all habits, it's a learned response. So, it can be unlearned or replaced with one that serves us better. 
And yes, I'm about to give you directives as though I've mastered this myself, which I certainly haven't, but I intend to. And meanwhile, there's an advantage to having deep experience in feeling like a fraud, especially having spent years in the theater. I can easily swing into fake it until you make it mode. And it turns out that's actually a pretty good weapon in the fight against imposter syndrome. Every cloud has a silver lining. Now that you've recognized the imposter cycle that activates in your psyche when you're considering a new project, or because you've just received an uncomfortable dose of praise, the trick is to catch yourself before that cycle gains momentum and spins out of control. I heard that, you say, in your inside voice, when you detect the familiar, not-good-enough litany starting up. Since it's a pattern of thought that got you into this uncomfortable, limiting place, it follows that thinking different thoughts will lead you somewhere else. Reframing thoughts is one of those techniques that is so ridiculously simple that it's difficult to believe it can be so powerful. Remember that simple is not the same thing as easy. But if you can get yourself to bring up a different script, you can recruit your whole self into following it. In my case, that would mean disrupting my knee-jerk reactive internal monologue who do I think I am? I have no idea what I'm even doing. Other people could do a much better job and blah, 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 blah. And then replacing it. Look at me pushing myself out of my comfort zone, I could say instead. What if this turns out to be really cool? Already, I feel lighter. And, dare I say it, excited. Ingrained habits, like the thinking cycle of imposter syndrome, don't give up easily. But you know what? Neither do I. And I'm betting that you don't either. The only reason we've ever felt like imposters is that we've been daring enough to try doing hard things. And if we can't entirely eradicate our fears that our achievements are more fakes than feats, we're hardly alone. Toward the end of his life, Albert Einstein confessed to a friend, quote, The exaggerated esteem in which my life work is held makes me very ill at ease. I feel compelled to think of myself as an involuntary swindler. Well, if it's hard for Albert Einstein to accept that anything he did was good enough, then maybe some degree of imposter syndrome is part of the human condition, at least for humans who are ambitious without being sociopaths. While we're still kicking, there's hope. We can still learn to embrace our authenticity. We can stop playing small even if we sometimes make the mistake of feeling small. Because you and I are not fakes. We're formidable. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Here's a Thought with Jan M. Flynn. I hope you'll follow the show wherever you get your podcasts by hitting that little plus sign so you won't miss any new weekly episodes. If you'd like to help defray the show's production costs, you can subscribe for just $3 a month. Find that link in the show notes and thanks for considering it. Until next time, may you keep in mind what Piglet told Pooh about always remembering that you're good enough and smart enough and brave enough. May you regard your failures as simply tuition and relish your successes. And may all your thoughts be good ones. <laughs>